Welcome back. My name is Brianna Nye, and this is Revealed in Ephesians. We are studying through the book of Ephesians together, ladies, and we're using my book, Revealed in Ephesians, The Mystery of Who I Am in Christ. So we are on day two of week two, and yesterday we learned about asking questions of the Lord when you're reading scripture. This is a Bible study tool that everyone should use when you're reading your Bible instead of just reading it you know, to check it off the list, ask God questions and he will reveal to you the things you need to know. And sometimes he might take you on a journey. Um, It might not be like, I'm going to give you the answer right this minute, right this second. Sometimes it will. Um, But if you're praying for that deposit of the Holy Spirit, you're praying for the Holy Spirit, for God himself to give you revelation, I promise he is going to give you revelation. He is going to open your heart and your eyes. He might say like, I need you to look in my word. I need you to cross-reference to a different passage. He may bring up in your heart a passage that you read a long time ago. Look it up. He might encourage you, hey, why don't you open your Bible app and look up this word sealed and see what you find. In fact, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to ask that question, what does it mean to be sealed with the Holy Spirit? And we are going to cross-reference to another part of the Bible and find another scripture that uses the word sealed. But before we get started, of course, we're going to pray our prayer for the Ephesians, but we're going to pray it for our own lives today. And so that's our memory verse from Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 23. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I come before you today and I pray and thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that we are sealed with your Holy Spirit and that this is a deposit, Lord, and it's the hope of our glorious redemption that we have in Jesus Christ. Lord God, I pray that you will open the hearts and minds of everyone listening and that you will speak to them, Lord, and that what I speak to them, Lord God, will be from you, Lord. I pray that you will fill my mouth with your words and fill our hearts with your praise and with understanding, Lord God, and that you give hope to people who are hopeless, that same hope and power, Lord God, that raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Thank you that that same power lives inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so yesterday um, we were talking about asking questions, and we looked at this passage in Ephesians 1, verse 13, that says, You were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when we think about a deposit, we think about a deposit. You can read in day two um, a conversation where I really hashed out one of these questions with my brother Seth, and we talked about what does it mean, a deposit? Um, When I want to buy something, like buy a house, you put a deposit down usually, and that deposit says to the bank, I promise that I am going to pay for this house in full, and I'm going to pay for it little by little. And God does the same thing in our lives. God does this amazing work in us. He has redeemed us in full. He has already paid the full price for our sins by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. 
But hello, you probably don't always feel like you're in heaven when you're on earth. You don't experience the fullness of that redemption, and you're not going to experience it until you get to heaven. So our redemption and that promise that this deposit is promising is for our future glory in heaven, but we should experience this deposit, this glory here on earth in our lives today, in your marriage today, in your singleness today, in your finances today. You should be able to experience the glory of God. Why? Because The deposit is the Holy Spirit. The deposit is God himself living inside of you. Now, I have to remind you that God cannot live in a temple that is not pure. And the only way that God can live inside of a person and be a deposit in them, promising them of a future redemption, is if they are currently redeemed and cleansed by the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ. So the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and washes away our sin. And the Old Testament, if you had a sacrifice, um, you would sacrifice an animal. It was kind of like a cookout. Um, So don't be too upset if you love animals. Um, They would sacrifice the animal and the blood of the animal would cover the sin of the person who was sacrificing. And the priest would lay his hands on the person who was bringing the sacrifice, a lamb without spot or blemish, or a dove or an ox. And then the priest would transfer the sins of that person to the ox or to the lamb. And it was dependent on how much money you had. If you couldn't afford a lamb, you could bring a dove. So Everybody could af- everybody could afford redemption in the physical realm. So they would lay their hands on the person and transfer that to the animal, and then the blood of the animal would only cover the sin so that God could look upon the person with favor. But the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of any animal. Um, the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, cleanses and removes our sin because Jesus was fully God, fully man, could be the perfect sacrifice for our sins and remove our sins and remove them from us as far as the East is from the West. So when you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, you are adopted into the family of God. It is by faith because you don't have to physically do something. Jesus is already done that act. He has already sacrificed himself for our sins. So when you trust in him by faith, it is faith and hope that I believe that the Son of God and his blood will wash away my sins and wash away my past, and that when God looks at me, he sees that I am clean, and he sees a temple, a place where he can live. That is hope. That is the hope of our calling. That's the hope of our redemption. So the Holy Spirit is deposited into those people who trust in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Lord, the only begotten Son of God, those people become temples of the Holy Spirit. So when you trust in God, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, God himself. Again, and I know I keep saying this over and over, the goal is, ladies, for you to know the Lord for you to experience him very closely, personally, intimately, 
in your life, in the deepest places of your life where nobody else even knows about it. The Lord knows. He lives inside of you. So you have this deposit. Now, what does it say here in verse 13? It says, you are marked in him with a seal. That is such an interesting word. And when I started this study and I was reading through it, I was like, what does that exactly mean? A seal, a seal. So I went to the Bible dictionary and you can look these up online. I looked up um, Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology at buddy, Bible, not buddy stool, <laughs> buddy, I can't talk, biblestudytools.com. You can go to biblestudytools.com. You can go to biblehub.com. In fact, you can put um, the Bible Hub app on your phone to find any of these resources. So it says that a seal in biblical times as today is used to guarantee security or indicate ownership. So ancient seals were made of wax and they would put wax onto a document and then embedded with the personalized imprint of their guarantor. So the Roman authorities used such a seal to secure Jesus's tomb. So let's look at this. In Matthew 24, it says the next day, and this is verse 62, the next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, notice that the Pharisees are calling Jesus a deceiver here. Okay. After three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, that his disciples may come and steal the body and tell people that he has been raised from the dead. The last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. So here is the Roman Empire. Not only the Roman Empire, which is the greatest empire in the world at that time, this would be like the United States government, literally. It would be the same because it is the authority of the Roman Empire or imagine the authority of the United States government, just a very powerful superpower and their military might saying, Jesus is dead. He's in his tomb. He will not come out. We're declaring his death. We're declaring he will not come out. And we're declaring that nobody can get him out. And we are going to put our authority on it. We are sealing it with our authority. <laughs> and so that authority of Rome, of Pilate, and it was, you know, it wasn't just Pilate, but it was the Jewish authorities of the time, the people, the Pharisees of the Sanhedrin. So it was not just one, one empire. It was two nations that were agreeing, this man is dead. He will not rise again. He will not come out. And they sealed it. And they, But you know what is amazing is that on the third day, when Jesus rose again, nothing in heaven or on earth could stop him. And the Lord God just raised his son up from the dead, that same exceedingly great power that raised Jesus from the dead that lives inside of us. It came into effect. An angel from the Lord came down, rolled away that stone. And these men that were guarding, like they were guarding the tomb. It was, I don't even think it was just a couple. I think there were a good number of soldiers guarding this tomb. These men were men of war. They were men who had seen 
horrible things, the worst things, you know, that you could ever imagine, you never want to imagine happening on a battlefield. They had done incredibly terrible things to people in battle and um, things that are just, you don't want to see. Yet they fell down as dead men. They were so scared. (laughs) They were so freaked out. They literally fell over as dead men when they saw this angel, these hardened men of battle. Um, I don't think they tried to fight the angel. In fact, the power of God literally knocked them down. And the angel sat on the stone. And at that moment in time, nothing could stop the resurrection power of Jesus Christ from busting out of that tomb. And it wasn't just Jesus raising up physically. When Jesus rose from the dead, every single person who has ever believed in him from that moment forward, every person We were all raised up with him at that moment. And no seal, no human authority could stop that movement of God. Nobody could. And you know what? People spoke over him. They said, Jesus is a deceiver. Jesus is a liar. Jesus is a trickster. We have to stop his disciples. They're going to try to continue this on, and they're going to create this whole facade that he's something that he's not. And they spoke these lies over him. How many of you have had lies spoken over your life? How many of you have had people speak over you and say, you're never going to be anything. You're a loser. You're a failure. Or you'll just always be this way. Or you'll always be in poverty. Or you'll never find the right person. Um, Maybe you've even spoken these things over yourself. Maybe you tell yourself, why are you so stupid? Why are you so dumb? None of these things that were spoken over Christ could hold any power. There is nothing that has power or authority over the resurrection. And none of those things that have ever been spoken over you has any power or authority over you in Christ Jesus because you have the power and authority of Christ and that power of the resurrection is above everything. So it's the same power that lives inside of us and we're sealed. Instead of sealed with a human seal, with a wax seal, with a signet ring of Pilate, or with Caesar, Caesar, or with the most powerful men alive today, or the richest men or women alive today, we are sealed with God himself. The seal on your life, whenever you are a believer, is the presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence and power of God lives inside of you whenever you are sealed whenever you are saved. And that deposit gives you hope because when his presence is inside of you, that presence brings truth into your life. In fact, you have a powerhouse word study in your, um, in your day of study. I believe it's in, it's in day one or day two. I can't remember which day it is. Oh, it's in day two of your study. I encourage you to look up those passages about the Holy Spirit and see what his role is in your life. There, there's a lot of passages there, but I encourage you to look them up. And um, if you don't have to do it, time to do it all in one day, take take time. Look up a few every day this week, and just learn what the Holy Spirit's role is in your life as your seal. And that seal is your promise, the presence of God Himself in your life, ladies. 
That's all for today, and we'll see you back here tomorrow on day three of week two to learn more about the Holy Spirit's power and work in your life.